your past has dictated what your present is. Okay, what's going on in your life right now is a direct result of your past. But your past does not have to dictate your future. Come on, somebody, you ought to be glad about that. Amen? Amen. So if mistakes or bad choices that we've made were the only thing that dictated our future, nobody <laughs> would have a bright future. Nobody. I mean, when, when babies come out of the womb, we all say, oh, they're so cute, and they have such a bright future. But how many of you know it doesn't take too long do you start realizing, man alive, you're just a little demon child, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, come on. Anybody want to admit to that? You, you see those cute little kids and you just go, oh, they're so cute, until you see them at home throwing the tantrum. Anybody experience that? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. So, uh, listen, if bad choices and mistakes were, were, were the only thing that dictate our future, none of us would have, it. we wouldn't be doing anything good now. We wouldn't see anything good and we wouldn't be looking forward to anything. All right? So many people carry around their uh, failures or the things that they mess, they've messed up. Um, they almost carry it around as a, a, like a badge of honor that they're ashamed of. Does that make sense? <laughs> it's almost like, I can't do that. Why? Well, because, and it's almost like that's the greatest excuse they could give you is their behavior or the choices they've made. I can't enjoy the goodness of God because I've done this. Or I can't enjoy what God wants. I, I, I will never be that, what God's called me to be, because I've done this. And it's like a badge of honor, but yet they're ashamed of it at the same time. I've done this, and I've brought this into my life, and I've did this. you know. Or even worse than that, actually, is we actually go and pray about things, and we never expect God to do anything about it because of the bad things we did. You know, it's one thing to tell the whole world how bad you are. It's another thing to expect God to hold out on you because you're bad. And there's so many people that will sit down and they, they go to pray about something, but it's, it's almost like, well, God, I know you're not going to do this. I know you're not going to help me. I know because I'm just a, I'm just a low down, you know, piece of crap. <laughs> I mean, we use the, all kinds of terminology because we, we are allowing our past to dictate what comes next. Isaiah chapter 43, verse number 15 says this, I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator and King. I am the Lord who opened through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. Now he's talking about when they came out of Egypt here and he, they crossed the Red Sea. All right, that's what he's talking about here. That's a pretty high watermark for the children of Israel. All right. Verse 17, I called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves, and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle wick. Look what he says here. But, forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you see it? Or do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Now you're right there in Isaiah. Go ahead and flip over a couple of chapters to Isaiah chapter 46. 
Verse number three. Listen to me, descendants of Jacob, all you who remain in Israel. I have cared for you since you were born. Yes, I carried you before you were born. I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will care for you. I will carry you along and save you. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Some people pour out their silver and gold and hire a craftsman to make a god from it. Um, Then they bow down and worship it. They carry it around on their shoulders, and then they set it down. It stays there, and it can't even move. And when someone prays to it, there is no answer. It can't rescue anyone from trouble. Then he says this, Don't forget this. Keep it in mind. Remember this, you guilty ones. Remember the things I have done in the past, for I alone am God. I am God, and there is none like me. Now listen, in these two scriptures... Now how many of y'all know God is not schizophrenic? But he almost said, because he tells them in one, one sense of the word, he says, forget all that. That's not going to have any bearing on what I'm getting ready to do. But then he comes back over here and he says, but I want you to remember this. Now there are some things that we do need to remember, and there are some things that we need to let go. The past should be remembered and something that we learn from, but it shouldn't be something that dictates the atmosphere for the future. The goodness of God and the things that he has done will be a source of inspiration if you'll keep it in your mind. But now listen, the things that he has done, even the good things that he has done, is nothing compared to what, come on somebody, what he wants to do. I mean, now you think about it. They're talking about crossing the Red Sea. He's telling them, he's like, listen, I'm the one that parted the waters. And we've all seen that. Y'all have heard, if you've been coming to church here at any length of time, you know I'm kind of a fan of Charlton Heston's, you know, Moses standing there, you know, and, and, he, and he says, Fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. <laughs> I mean, come on, Moses is, you know, one of the best characters in the Bible, and so we got the greatest actor in American history to play him. And we have this big high watermark, okay? In the, in the history of, 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 of the children of Israel, they crossed the Red Sea. I mean, come on, that would be unbelievable to be standing there and all of a sudden to watch it open and dry ground. Now, this is a little extra. This is not in the notes. You know how he did it? He actually froze the water. If you go and read, but the Bible says a cool wind from the Lord blew all that night. And it says it congealed the waters of the deep. You know what congealed means? It means to freeze. So they're in the middle of the desert, heat, hot, humidity. This is an even greater miracle than it just splitting. He caused it to freeze in the middle of the heat. So not only are they walking on dry ground, but they're cool while they're walking in the middle of the heat. Come on, somebody. This is a good miracle. This is pretty unbelievable. All right? Now, if, if that is a high watermark, he tells them, listen, even as awesome as that is, don't, sit, don't live there. 
Don't live in the good victories of the past. Don't live at the high water mark that you're used to. Don't look at that and go, we will never achieve anything greater than that. He's saying that's nothing compared to what I'm getting ready to do. He does tell him, listen, he, he goes back and tells him, listen, don't, don't, don't remember that. Don't just live there. But I do want you to remember how good I am, that nobody can compare to me. He does want us to remember that. And I want you to remember that, no, I made you. I created you. I, I have formed you. I mean, I've been taking care of you. I want you to remember that part. And we do need to remember that, that the God who created us is the God who's taking care of us. And if the God who's taking care of us is for us, come on, somebody, then who can be against us? All right? He, said, he tells Israel that he's going to do a new thing, so don't get hung up on the old things. Now, what was the new things that he was going to do? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. What's the new thing he's going to do here? He's like, listen, that is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Now, in the story of Israel, he did a lot of other things here. He did a lot of things for them that were new and exciting. And, you know, I mean, there was, you know, they crossed another river. <laughs> you know, they crossed the Jordan. And, 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 and then they, they fought all kinds of battles and, and, and really didn't even have to fight. They just sent what the, the Bible says they sent the praisers and the priests and all that stuff out first. And, and, and they didn't even have to fight. They just blew trumpets and praised the Lord and... Chaos ensued and, and, and the, the enemy killed each other. These are all, I mean, you, you know, if you went to Sunday school at all, you've heard these wild stories of, of throughout the Old Testament. God did all kinds of things, but that even wasn't the new thing that he was getting ready to do. The new thing that he was getting ready to do was he was getting ready to send his son to the earth so that you and I could become the new thing. Come on, somebody. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17 says this, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a, what's that next word there? New person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. What was the new thing he was getting ready to do when he was talking to Isaiah? It was this, to make you. You were the new thing. Come on, somebody. You were the new thing. What does that mean? If he told Israel, don't forget all the stuff I've done for you, and I've done this, and I've done that, and I did all those other things for Israel. And, and uh, Listen, that's nothing compared to what I want to do for, come on, you. Why? Because you're the new thing. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You are the dream house God had in mind when he created all of eternity. You are where he wanted to live. You were the new thing. Okay? If you are the new thing, then you aren't the same person that made the mistake yesterday. Come on, somebody. That ought to make you happy. That ought to make you glad. What you did yesterday doesn't matter. Why? Because you're a new person. Well, I don't know. I just did it yesterday. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 31, says this. I die every day. I mean that, brothers, just as surely as I glory over you in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Paul is saying this, I die every day. Another translation says, I die daily. I think Tim's got that written on his arm. I die daily. What does that mean? I, being the, the guy who did all the horrible things. Now this is Paul writing here. Paul called himself the chief of sinners at one place in the Bible. He's as bad as it got. 
Killed Christians for a living. That's what he did. Bad. Bad, bad, bad. Bad dude. And yet he got up every, and he said every day, I, this guy that was killing Christians and was the chief of sinners and, 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 and the worst of the, uh, the worst, I die every day. And so if I die every day, what does that mean? I'm actually submitting myself to the new, come on, the new thing, which is Christ in me. It's up to you to put yourself in the position of repentance every day. Even if you wake up in the morning and you say, well, I haven't, I haven't done anything yet. We should still put ourselves in the position of repentance saying this, God, I, I give up what I want and I'm putting on what you want. Repentance means to bow down before and say, whatever you want me to do, I'm doing it. Whatever you want to be, I'm being. And everything that's in me that's, that's not of you, get it out. I give, I'm turning it over to you right now. That's what repentance means. And that's, what you, that's how you die daily. All right? I have to go and place myself in the middle of God's grace and forgiveness in order to become what he wants me to be. I can't expect him to just put me there. There's so many people that are expecting God to just do it for them. Okay, I've gotten saved now. I've got my life turned over to God now. I've, I've turned my life over to Christ now. Now he's just going to have to do it. Listen, it's up to us to put ourselves in the middle of what he's provided so that we can be used then. It's up to us to pray. Come on. It's up to us to read the Bible. It's up to us to submit our will to his. It's up to us. This is not an autopilot program here. This is not cruise control Christianity. This is something we have to do ourselves. We have to go and put ourselves in the middle of God's grace. We have to go and put ourselves in the middle of his forgiveness. I have to put myself in the middle of his recreating power so that I become a new person today, come on, that didn't exist yesterday. If you become a new person every day in Christ, then the mistakes that you made yesterday are gone. That ought to make somebody happy. <laughs> your past can't de- dictate your future in Christ because he's not holding your past against you. Come on, somebody say it with me. You, I still got it. Come on, that call on your life, say it. I still got it. Yeah, but you just screwed up last night. You told somebody else that they can go somewhere while they were driving in traffic and they cut you off. I mean, you just cussed them out one side and the other. I don't care. You still got it. You don't understand. Me and my spouse were fighting last night, and you know it was horrible. And we called everything each other, called each other everything but a milk cow. It don't matter. You still got it. Come on. Well, you don't understand. I mean, I mean, I just, I just, I mean, I was just drunk last night. I don't care. You still got it. There is still a hope for you. There is still a chance for you, and there is nothing that is that's dictating your future today. Okay? There is nothing that you can do that God won't forgive, save one thing. There's one thing. Turn to 1 John chapter 1. There is nothing that you can do except for one thing that God can't forgive. 1 John chapter 1, 
verse number six says, so we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Now I want to say this to you. There is no action of your body that God can't forgive. There is nothing that your body can accomplish or do that God can't forgive. There's no drug that you can take that God won't forgive you for. There's no sexual act that you can commit that God can't forgive you from. There is no physical act that you can do that God can't forgive. Come on, somebody. That's the truth. The only thing that God can't forgive is what the Bible calls blasphemy. And, and, and actually, John's talking about it here. He's saying, if we say we don't have sin, if, we, if he says... If he's saying, I, I'm, I don't have any sin in my life, we're calling God a liar. Now this is blasphemy. Here's what it is. In its simplest form, unbelief is the one thing God can't forgive. Think about it. How do we get saved and have a relationship with Christ? Believing. Who are the people that are going to go to hell? Well, we're, we're ready to line them all up and say, well, the homosexuals are going, and the alcoholics are going, the drug abuse is going, you know, all these people. They're all going. We're all ready to line them up. All the abortion clinic people, they're all going. We're all ready to point the finger at that. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you something right now. There are going to be some homosexuals in heaven. Don't everybody shout me down real good now. Everybody's afraid to amen me. There are going to be some people who are gay in heaven. You might as well get used to it. They're going to be there. There's going to be some people that are drug addicts in heaven. Come on, somebody. There's going to be some people. Yeah, everybody's ready to accept that one. <laughs> yes, there will be. Yes, here. Thank God. There's going to be some alcoholics in heaven. There's going to be people that, that, that had affairs. Come on, in heaven. There's going to be people that were abusive in heaven. There will be murderers. Come on, in heaven. You know why? Because God can forgive all that stuff. The people that wind up in hell are going to be the people who never believed that Jesus was the Son of God. The, pe the only people that wind up in hell are those people who consciously make that effort or if, if, they, if they made that effort and then they allowed their actions to start dictating something else that they believe. I am not a once saved, always saved preacher. I don't believe that. If that's what you believe, you probably want to go to church somewhere else. That's not me. <laughs> I'm not once saved, always saved guy. All right? I believe that because Romans says you can be grafted in because of belief and you can be ungrafted because of belief. And I'm not going to get to that whole, you know, we can do a, a whole big teaching on that on its own. But I believe that you can lose your relationship with Christ. I don't think it's accidental. 
I don't think that like one day you walk through the, 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 I used to get this, when I was a youth pastor, I used to get this question a lot. If I'm walking through the hall uh, in the middle of the night, and um, I stub my toe, and I let out a cuss word, and right at that very second, the trumpet blows and the rapture's happening, am I going to hell? <laughs> I used to get that question a lot. Listen, I don't believe in accidental falling away. But I do believe that your actions can get to the point where they actually dictate what you believe. And you can try and, and say, oh, I don't believe that. I really do believe in Jesus. I still have a relationship with Jesus. I still, but you know what? You're, anybody ever heard that, that saying that actions do speak louder than words? I do believe that our actions, and that's why he's saying that we can't live for Christ. We can't live for Christ and go on living in spiritual darkness. If we do that, if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness, we are not practicing the truth. I don't believe in accidental. I believe that if, but I do believe you can come to a point where you're, if you keep living in spiritual darkness, that, 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 that takes away, that it starts to dictate what you believe, all right? You have to stop looking, though, at the actual things that you are doing because it's not the things that you're doing, it's the belief that is attached to them. All right? A repentant person can and will and is forgiven from any sin. The unrepentant person is the one that God can't forgive. All right? Um... A repentant heart, however, is not a license to do whatever you want. Okay? It's a way out of mistakes that you want to change in your life. Some people think, well, as long as I keep my heart repentant before God, I can go out and do whatever I want. Well, that's like a diabetic just taking extra insulin on the days they want to eat sugar. That, and they might work a little bit, but you're still abusing your body and cutting your life short. Okay? Listen, I don't believe that we can just, you know, go and live where, however we want and just come home and say, oh, I'm sorry, God. I don't believe that's what 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 was all about. The thing that we need to focus on is those things that you've done that you don't want to do can and will be forgiven if we repent. Come on, when we repent, we still got it. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, I still got it. All right? You can't go forward if you're not looking forward. I want to show you a video real quick. Go ahead and roll that. Almost walks right into him. The videos are funny, but the problem is serious. According to the most recent numbers, more than a thousand people went to emergency rooms because they got hurt while walking and distracted on the phone. Double the year before, which was double the year before that. Bonnie Miller walked off this pier into Lake Michigan and had to be rescued by the Coast Guard. I couldn't let pride stand in my way of warning other people, you know, to not drive and text or walk and text. It can be dangerous. Now in Fort Lee, New Jersey, they're taking action. The police chief says as people get more distracted, they're more likely to jaywalk. So far this year, he's had 25 people hit by cars, sometimes with catastrophic consequences. You've had people hit and killed while distracted walking? Correct. Well, most of the times it's because they're distracted. He is now cracking down on jaywalking, his officers handing out $85 tickets. The police chief is taking on what scientists call inattention blindness. 
despite the modern romance with multitasking, the reality is the human brain evolved to do only one thing at a time. To test that, researchers at Western Washington University sent this clown on a unicycle through campus and only about a quarter of people using their phones noticed him. Only when I got real close up and he was like coming towards me did I really see it. Back in New Jersey, the police chief knows that this dangerous distraction will not go away overnight, but he hopes with his crackdown, he's doing his bit to encourage all of us to be smarter on our smartphones. Dan Harris, ABC News, Fort Lee, New Jersey. And by the way, in London, so many people are texting and walking, they have decided to pad some of the lampposts. It is maddening for everyone else. It is an epidemic, texting while walking. And tonight, one town is saying it's time to level fines against people who walk into the streets, heads down, everybody else trying to dodge them. And new videos show it is more than just a nuisance. Here's ABC's Dan Harris. Texting and walking, that thoroughly modern epidemic. Look at this guy walk into a wall, or this woman walk into a mall water fountain. And check this. How many of you know some, probably could tell your own story about that? You know, or you see somebody driving around town that does it, or whatever. You know, you, you really can't look forward and walk. You can't walk forward unless you're really looking forward, case in point. I want to I submit to you this. You can't move forward in your relationship with Christ if you're just looking behind you all the time. At all the mistakes you've made, all the bad things you've done, all the things that you feel unworthy about, you, you can't walk forward if you're looking back. It's the same thing. You're going to walk into to, to, to the wall. You're going to walk into the fountains. You're going to walk into to a bear trap. <laughs> you're going to walk in, all right? Listen, if you get stuck looking in the past and you stop moving forward then guess where you end up living in your past if we had the time we'll go to genesis chapter 19 there's there's a story there uh, about uh, abraham's nephew lot living in sodom and gomorrah and the bible bible says the angels come and tell them you get out of here right now get out and don't turn back don't look back here. Don't come back. Get out. As soon as you get to where you're going, we're destroying this place. And so they get out, and they take off running, and the Bible tells the story of his wife, Lot's wife, stops and turns around and looks. The Bible says she turns into a pillar of salt. Now that's a really serious thing, but it, it, for me, it, it, it made perfect sense because it was like, she was so enamored with her past that she actually became destroyed. Why? Because that's what happened to her past. Her past was being destroyed. She wanted to live there. And that's what happened. When we live in our past, we're stuck there. Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to close down with this. Chapter, 13, or chapter 3, verse 13. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Now that, that news piece that we watched there made a statement. It says, our brain has evolved and meant to think or concentrate on only one thing. If that's true and our brains are really only meant to think on one thing, 
then shouldn't we be thinking about where we're going instead of where we come from? Where we came from should just be, you know, a a, a boost of inspiration. A small bit of, hey, man, look what God did. Remembering the good times. Or if you made bad mistakes and you made bad choices, the times you remember those or go, hey, you know what, I don't want to do that again because I see what it did for me. And that's it. It's a glance in the rearview mirror, not a turn around and look. I used to be so amazed that my parents could drive while, while looking behind them and doing this while I was acting up in the back seat. It was amazing to watch them do it. All right? Anybody else's parents do that too? We need to stop dwelling on the things that have happened. We need to stop thinking about the mistakes that we've made, the things that we did wrong. Listen, we need to stop living in the victories of the past. We need to stop staying and limiting God to what he did. We need to get out of the past altogether. Mistakes, victories, good times, bad times. Glance at them, move on. Get into the place that God wants you to go. Look where you're going. See it for what it is. See the call of God on your life. See it for the what we talked about last week, being a great call. See yourself as being what you want to be. See yourself as being what God's called you to be. See yourself as being what God created you to be. And if you'll start looking forward, you start moving forward. When you start moving forward, you get closer and closer and closer to the destiny God has for you. And then you can say, I still got it. Amen?